Destinations Beyond Expectations is powered by Group Experience. Visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. Hello, this is Stevie G, and you are listening to DBE, the podcast designed for students of travel. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any other platform. Go check out Destinations Beyond Expectations on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget about dbetravel.com, which is the official website for the show. At dbetravel.com, you'll find the episode library, some fun blogs, a link to support the show on Patreon, and so much more. Puerto Vallarta is a coastal town in Mexico, and it's a well-known destination for tourists. With plenty of wonderful beaches and one-of-a-kind experiences, many visitors enjoy all that Puerto Vallarta has to offer year after year. Want to learn even more about this resort town on Mexico's Pacific coast? Well, Kate from the Two Sisters Abroad travel blog is here to talk through what it's like to visit Puerto Vallarta. You can follow along with our conversation today by scrolling down to the show notes and clicking the 13 fun and unique things to do in Puerto Vallarta blog post from twosistersabroad.com. I really enjoyed this discussion, so let's get to my interview with Kate, where we'll be talking all about Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Kate, welcome to Destinations Beyond Expectations. It's so uh, great to have you on the show. I know I had your sister on uh, for an earlier episode, but it's great to meet you and, and have you on the show. Nice to meet you, too. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, So this episode is all about Puerto Vallarta, a beach city on the southern coast of Mexico that's popular with tourists and is known for having some wonderful resorts. I know that you got the opportunity to spend some time in Puerto Vallarta. And if listeners scroll down in the show notes, they'll find your 13 fun and unique things to do in Puerto Vallarta article from twosistersabroad.com. What other general information can you tell me about Puerto Vallarta? So Puerto Vallarta is definitely a place that's known for having really nice beach resorts, very popular for people looking for a vacation, but it's also a great place for digital nomads. Um, I spent five weeks there in September and the beginning of October, and it was such a nice place to be and work remotely. Lots of really great, strong Wi-Fi connections, great cafes to work in, affordable rent, great food. So it's great for a lot of different things. Cool. So, you know, your blog, of course, as I kind of mentioned there, lists the 13 fun and unique things, um, in your opinion, to do in Puerto Vallarta. And I'd love to know, out of those 13 things that you mentioned, which two or three things really like stood out to you? So the first is definitely a food tour of some kind. I'm a vegetarian and I went on a vegetarian taco tour and It was so much fun. You get to try so many different restaurants and street food stands that you maybe wouldn't have found on your own or known to look for in different parts of the city. And it was such a great thing to do at the beginning of my trip so I could go back and visit all of these places pretty much weekly um, for the rest of the five weeks. So that's the first one. Um, Another one that's so much fun is going on an ATV tour in the Sierra Madre Mountains. So you'll start off in downtown Puerto Vallarta and you'll take the ATVs through the city, which is really cool. And then you start going up into the mountains and the scenery, of course, changes so much. The temperature changes a lot, too. So if you're there when it's hot, it gets nice and brisk. And it's just so beautiful to see, especially the contrast being so close to the city. 
And you can combine those ATV tours sometimes with like zip lining or other activities if you're interested in that. So that was a lot of fun. And the number three, Puerto Vallarta is really known for its art galleries and for having a really cool art scene. And so one of my favorite galleries there is Colectica and they focus on visual art. So it's different. It's made with beads and colorful yarn and they offer classes where you can learn the traditional beading techniques um, and more about more about this kind of art in general and its traditions. And that was amazing. I think I went back to the gallery like every week just to look at the new pieces that came in and you have you really gain an appreciation for the artists who are making these pieces because the beads are so, so tiny and they place every single one by hand. And sometimes they're like these huge pieces of art that they're making that take hours and hours. So those three are definitely my top. That's awesome. And those are all like, they sound like really cool local experiences too. And those are just a few of the things that you listed on, on your 13 list, uh, list of 13 things. Um, but if Mm -hmm. someone out there is listening and is interested in visiting Puerto Vallarta for the first time, how many days would you recommend that they set aside to see the city? I would say five days at a minimum. I know a lot of people who go will definitely want to stay in a resort And you'll want to save, even if you're not at a resort, one day just for the beach, either the beach at your resort or going um, down to the Zona Romantica where there's uh, Los Muertos Beach there or Conchas Chinas Beach. So I'd save one day for that and then four days to really explore all of the different neighborhoods, go on some of the tours that I mentioned. And you could maybe even squeeze in a day trip to one of the Mexico's magic towns. There's a couple that are within an hour and a half drive from Puerto Vallarta. So I'd say five days, bare minimum, seven would probably be ideal. So you just brought up the beaches a little bit there, and it seems like the the Puerto Vallarta area is really known for its beaches. Can you talk about what it's like to visit the beaches there? Yes. So I did not stay in a resort, so I didn't go to any of the um, resort beaches, but I've seen pictures of them, and many are really, really nice. The most famous beach is in the Zona Romantica neighborhood, which is the most famous popular area, and it's called Los Muertos Beach. And there you'll find lots of restaurants and bars lining the beach. You'll find places where you can rent umbrellas and chairs and tables and all of that. But it does get very, very, very crowded, even in the off season. So that's a great place to go if you want to have a lot of amenities close by and you really want to be able to like rent a spot to stay for the day. But the best beach is Conchas Chinas Beach, and it's maybe a 10-minute Uber ride from the Zona Romantica. It'll be like $4. And there are all of these little rocky coves with beautiful white sand, and there's hardly ever anyone there because they don't really, they don't have any amenities. So you'll have to bring your own towels and umbrellas and stuff like that. But they are so nice because it's just these little coves and you feel like you have your own beach and they're really protected from big waves or anything like that. So a pro tip, you're going to want to put in your Uber orchid condos and you're going to feel like you are just in somebody's parking lot, which you are, but there's a public entrance to the beach and you just walk down these stairs and there's these beautiful coves. So that's all on the blog for like more information about how to get there, but orchid condos hop in and it's perfect. Cool. I mean, I love that pro tip. That's awesome. Um, switching gears here, you know, I think when people plan a trip to Mexico, sometimes there's that concern about the water quality and, and drinking water. 
What advice would you give to someone who is planning a trip to Puerto Vallarta when it comes to drinking water or using water for things like brushing your teeth? Totally. So Puerto Vallarta has some of the best water in Mexico. So I was reading a lot of, about that before my trip, and that was super reassuring. And then when I got to my Airbnb, there was this one special tap that was ultra filtered and then filtered again with UV light. So that was the tap that we could drink water straight out of. It was totally fine. No problems. And you'll find taps like that in some Airbnbs and some resorts. Otherwise, if they don't have that like special tap that's just for drinking water, I would stick with bottled water, even though the water quality is pretty good. Um, but in terms of brushing your teeth, things like that, I use just regular tap water, not ultra filtered or anything. And I was totally fine. Oh, another thing with the water quality, the ice, you'll see it has like a hole in the middle. Um, and that's how you know that the ice is coming from the one or two safe ice distributors. So it's not being made by the restaurant just from any water. Um, if it has that hole through the middle and it's kind of a cylinder shape, you'll know that it is safe from um, the ice distributor. Cool. I mean, so Kate, we've talked about Puerto Vallarta being a popular tourist town. So does that mean English is commonly spoken there? Totally. I will preface this by saying I speak fluent Spanish, so I only spoke Spanish when I was there. But almost everywhere you will go, especially in the downtown area, the Zona Romantica, El Centro, all of that, they have all of their menus will come in English. There's signs everywhere in English. People will talk to you in English. Um, it's a huge, um, it's a very popular tourist destination for people from Canada and the United States. I mean, a lot of other people come as well, but there, it's a huge focus on tourism from the U.S. and Canada. So you will definitely find people who speak English very, very easily. I wouldn't necessarily say everybody everywhere speaks English. You could, um, I mean, a few words in Spanish are obviously very helpful, but you should have absolutely no problems. Awesome. And, you know, how affordable is it to visit Puerto Vallarta? And how about like at restaurants? Is tipping customary? Yeah. So Puerto Vallarta is very affordable. Um, if you're thinking about where to stay, you'll obviously find better rates at Airbnbs and smaller hotels than at a resort. But if you book off season or in advance, you can find very affordable rates at resorts too. Um, for restaurants, you can find so many places, like even sit down restaurants where you can get $1 tacos or like full meals for four to seven US dollars. Um, and then there's mid range, of course, and like more expensive restaurants where you have beautiful views or really unique experiences, like you're sitting in a pool or something. And then for tipping, 15 to 20% is customary, so similar to the U.S. Um, and then other just little things about affordability, Ubers, definitely use Uber because you can get anywhere around the city for like $1.50 to $3. Um, and then if you're staying for a while, like a week's worth of groceries I found was about $50 U.S. dollars for two people. So I found it very, very affordable. Yeah, very much so. Kate, I really enjoyed learning more about Puerto Vallarta, but before you go, I'd love to learn a little bit more about your website, twosistersabroad.com. You have tons of great articles, I know, uh, about your travels all over the world. Can you tell the listeners more about the Two Sisters Abroad blog? Yeah, so my sister and I, obviously, um, started Two Sisters Abroad a couple years ago just as a place for us to, I mean, we I love writing, and this was a great place for me to have all of my trips to look back on. And I also love sharing travel advice and tips and recommendations. And at first I was just sharing those with family and friends, 
But Maggie and I were thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could, you know, share these with more people? And that's how we started out. And it's just grown from there. So we focus now a lot on luxury travel on a budget. So trying to have those luxury experiences without spending a lot of money. But you'll find tons of articles for destinations around the world, packing guides, tips, itineraries. Um, And if there's anything you want to see, let me know because I'm always... I just love to write and I love to share my experiences. It is a great website. Listeners, make sure to scroll down in the show notes to find more information on Two Sisters Abroad. Kate, let us know where we can stay connected with uh, you and your sister on social media. Yes. So, of course, our blog and then on Instagram, it's at Two Sisters Abroad. And my one of my 2023 resolutions is to be more active on TikTok as well. So Two Sisters Abroad there. And yeah, fun things coming. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Awesome. Kate, so I do have one final question for you. Um, I asked your sister Maggie when she was on the podcast earlier, but I haven't asked you yet. So on this show, Destinations Beyond Expectations, it's the podcast designed for students of travel. And so I always like to ask guests who come on for the first time, are you someone who would consider yourself to be a student of travel? And if so, can you share maybe like a lesson or two that you've learned about travel or through travel? Absolutely. I definitely consider myself a student of travel. I feel like travel is such a great way to learn so many things, not just about yourself, but about other cultures and other people and languages. A big lesson that I've learned is to be flexible. And I am a super type A person. I love to have everything planned, everything written out, know exactly what I'm doing. And this travel has really taught me that I need to go with the flow and be more flexible because there are going to be flight delays. Your car is going to break down. You're going to have a hurricane hit your hotel while you're on vacation. I mean, hopefully not that one, but that one did happen to me. And you just really have to learn to be adaptable and yeah, learn to not take everything so seriously all the time. And travel has really, really helped me do that and to just live more in the moment and just be so appreciative of everything that travel offers. Kate, that was a great answer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you talking about uh, Puerto Vallarta and some of the things that visitors can expect or experience when they visit. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. A big DBE thank you to Kate for joining me on this episode. I definitely encourage everyone to scroll down to the show notes to learn more about the Two Sisters Abroad blog and where to give the Two Sisters Abroad a follow on social media. I'd love it if you could visit groupexperience.com to learn how to build your travel tribe. And if you guys have a quick second, it would mean a lot to me if you could follow Destinations Beyond Expectations on social media. DBE is on Facebook and Instagram. If you like the show, go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button on Spotify or wherever you're listening. Oh, and if you can, rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts is so incredibly helpful to growing the show. If you want to hear me talk about more destinations, follow a page called Group Travel Odyssey on Facebook or subscribe to Group Travel Odyssey on YouTube. Every Thursday, I'm joined by colleagues in the travel industry on a show called Destination Dispatch, where we learn all about destinations and the opportunities they hold for groups. The show is a live stream and we go live every Thursday at 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern, so be sure to follow Group Travel Odyssey to tune in. Well, that is all I've got for this week. Thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks for telling a friend about DBE. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon.